Whoa, 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 whoa. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Pagan. Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host today. We've got comedian Matt Peoples from That Rules Podcast coming up on 1230. Do me a favor. Hit that subscribe, whether you're listening on the YouTube or listening on podcast, and hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Let that algorithm purr. All right, let's get into it. Sixers are back. No one knows what the future of the Sixers holds. The Eagles are taking over taking forever to find a coach and uh we're going after marcus hayes on the website again it feels like 2015 so let's bring on kevin kincaid what's up buddy how are you i'm good i think i've recovered from my concussion here Uh, first it's like snot coming out of your nose and now you're concussed seeing all foggy things right now here put um uh, put your put your finger to your nose I know. I feel like uh, Aaron Rodgers. I feel like I've emerged from the darkness after uh, you know seventy-two hours or whatever that was. Yeah, I just try. I know I had a whole winter of sinus infections and sick kids or whatever, and I think I just uh, was feeling foggy for a couple of days after playing pickup last Friday. And I remember taking a shot to the head where I was like, eh, I kind of fucked up. That one kind of hurt." You know, and then I was saying there, soccer. <laughs> and they say soccer for pussy. Yeah, yeah. Where are where are you anyway? It's it's basically a, a Marriott, a strip club, a Ramada, a strip club, a Hyatt, a strip club, all the way down the strip. Tampa really lives up to its uh, strip Sounds club like capital Tampa. of the world. It does sound like Tampa, yeah. Anyway, what was I saying? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, soccer's for pussies, right? I don't know. It was a weird one. This guy jumped. I thought this guy was going to jump, and he didn't jump. So I kind of timed it really weird, and I got up late, and the ball just like claw, like it hit me right on the top of the head and I could feel something bouncing around and I was like, Whoa, that didn't feel right. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing well in the mornings. I get to like two o'clock and I'm like, Oh, I'm like kind of foggy here. I think I'm just going to like sit down for a minute. So I don't think, uh, staring at the computer every day has really done me any favors. So maybe I'll just, maybe I'll back up a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. Anybody watching on the YouTube, I'm not a glasses guy. I won't remain a glasses guy. I promise. Uh, yeah. I just forgot my contacts back at home. Because no, I'm, right. I'm a 30 year old animal who can't, you know, fend for himself. Yeah. Now, uh, now Ford says that he thinks the poop emoji on top of Marcus Hayes' head was a bit too much. Um, I, I let me ask you a question. Are you you've been kind of on a streak lately? You went after me yesterday on the site. You went after Marcus Hayes this morning. Is everything all right? Is the Florida trip uh, getting to you? Is it too much? Too much of your in laws? What's uh, what's the genesis of all this? Have I been more ornery lately? I try to I try to write. I, so if I if I if I do a takedown piece, then I try to do two like good pieces. Yeah. But it's really hard to do that. I don't know if you know this, Kev. Not a lot of positivity in the world right now. No. Um, we've got trains derailing. We've got supposed nuclear war. Uh, we don't know anything about what the Sixers are going to hold or entail. And then I just I, I don't appreciate Marcus Hayes passing off his opinion pieces like he has sources in the building like he always does and when he's been doing this for for decades and decades when we have a sophisticated sophisticated model like yeah. chat gpt just sitting out there that can write marcus hayes's article there it is for. yeah the poop emoji i guess i'm the in charge now right so i guess i gotta make the decisions on these things like whether we're gonna use that or not i never i didn't really issue an ultimatum on the on this you know well, Ford Ford must be new to the site because he obviously doesn't remember Kyle's. Um, yeah. Every time Kyle wrote an article about Marcus Hayes, well, he yeah. used the poop emoji over Marcus Hayes 
from I guess let's say they were at what CSN Philly at this time it was called. So yeah, well they had big, I think they had switched over to NBC or whatever. But yeah, Kyle had a thing against Marcus for sure. Like, I don't think it was a thing. I, I, this is the thing. Like I don't think you could say Kyle has a thing against Marcus. Like I went back in the archives today to kind of pull things from from in the past from what he said. I mean, it, it, it's it starts with Rory McIlroy. Uh, getting injured in a soccer game is the same as Classico Burr shooting himself in the in the thigh. It starts with like just uh, being able to read Brett Brown's mind. I, I I don't know if you're boys with Marcus Hayes. I know you used to cover and everything, so I don't know if you ever met him. And he's a nice guy. I've heard he's he's better outside of uh, 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 of the Inquirer. I think um, the I last time I saw Marcus, I think we ended up talking for like an hour and a half because it was like we were at a Sixers game and the game was so boring that I think we ended up just staying in the media room <laughs> and talking about stuff. But, uh, you know, I can separate talking to a guy and having a conversation with him versus something that's that's um, put on paper um, from a work standpoint. And anyway, he I mean, he's just been one of those guys who's like always been anti-process and, you know, thinks that it was a disgrace and that they wasted all this time and, and whatnot. And I, any, any like process relitigation is so weird because it's all arbitrary based on like what, what, what you think the process was supposed to be. And when you think it started and when you think it ended, like I always said that I thought the process ended um, when they started winning, like when they made the playoffs that first year, you know, I mean, Hinky hadn't Hinky hasn't been here in like seven years. Right. So for anybody to say that the process went beyond him, like maybe they were lingering, you could make the case, you can make several cases. You could say the process ended when Hinky left. You could say the process ended when the assets he accumulated finally ran dry. You could say it ended after Colangelo left. I mean, there's, there's many, you know, arbitrary endpoints for this, but to keep hitting that like 10 years later and saying like, oh, the process is still whatever. I mean, in my mind, we've been out of that for a while. So I don't I don't really understand the people who are like, you know, and be, you know, and then Embiid is soft and all this shit. I mean, Embiid's an MVP like runner up. You know, he's not he's not like he, like I thought in that story, Marcus was talking about how he was incomplete. I'm like, if that's an incomplete player, then what is the final form of <laughs> Joel Embiid at this point? I mean, he's like an <laughs> like MVP candidate three years running now. This was the quote Embiid, who is from Marcus Hayes' article, Embiid, who adopted the process as a nickname. Fittingly, too, since like the process, he took ages to develop and remains incomplete. I mean, the guy's been an all-NBA player. He's been an all-defensive player. He's been, yeah. you know, uh, uh, an all-star, uh, consensus MVP, like you said. I mean, I, I think my mother and your mother would be pretty uh, would be pretty disappointed in us if by 28, if you were calling this, like, incomplete. Like, I mean, I'm 30 years old and I haven't done half the shit that – that Joel Embiid has done in his career. And this well, is the let me, thing I hate. I hate that about, about people who write this kind of stuff. Well, let me ask you a question. I mean, because we were really pragmatic about the Eagles all year long, and we kind of pushed things towards Posadelphia in, in, you know, what we felt was justified because they were a damn good team, you know? And I don't, you know, we had the conversation with Rich on Tuesday about, you know, is there juice for this team coming out of the all-star break? You know, the fact that they're really damn good, but they may not be the Bucks or the Celtics. So, do we like have a collective stance on the Sixers? Are we like getting people rallying people back on the bandwagon and saying, Hey, let's get behind them and let's support them and, you know, see what happens here. Or are we going to like kind of do the doom and gloom thing where it's like the arm's length thing where, Hey, I don't, I'm not convinced that they're, they're worth anything because I've been burned in the second round. You know I mean? I, I don't know. I guess I don't know. 
I can understand the caution, but I'm willing to throw away the last couple of years and try to treat this like a like a new year, you know, because I, I guess I don't really see the purpose in. I mean, from a fan perspective, it's like you only got so much time and energy and you don't want to spend a lot of time and energy on a team that's burned you a lot in the past. But I'm also sitting here saying, like, I don't, I don't want to, like, foist ne- more negativity on top of that team than there already is. Like, I would say let's rally and try to get behind them. And if they let us down again, they let us down. But, I mean, is it is it helpful to just poo-poo the team right now, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I think keeping them at an arm's length isn't doom and gloom. I think poo-pooing them right now. Like there's people out there who are like, yeah. oh my God, you know, like you, what was it? They're 38 and 19 at the break, the best they've been in five years. You'll have people underneath your your tweet just being like, well, who cares? Doc Rivers is still on, is still coaching the team. Yeah. Yeah. Right there, right then and there, they won't watch anymore until Doc Rivers is gone or James Harden is gone or or they get what they 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 really want. I think keeping yourself at an arm's length because you've been burned so much is kind of like keeping yourself at an arm's length when like you and your ex girlfriend keep going back and forth with each other, where it's like, you know, you're you're you're, you're not dooming gloom because you know you want to keep these guys at an arm's length. You're kind of smart in a way. You're like act- not- it's, it's right. You're, I think what you're trying to say is like there's a difference between actively shitting on the team and just mm-hmm. promoting negativity on Twitter versus just like recusing yourself. It's one yeah. thing to say, hey, I'm not going to be involved right now. I'll jump back on board and I'll start paying attention when they get to the playoffs. And that doesn't make you a bandwagon jumper, to be quite yeah. honest, because we've all seen enough Sixers letdowns. Hockey for me, baby. Iverson years that we there you everybody has a free pass to get back on the Sixers bandwagon when they so choose because they, we've all suffered watching this team since 2000 whatever um so I think it's one thing to say hey I'm going to just remove myself and keep them at a distance versus like you know doing a, a Marcus article and saying well if this if they lose then this and if they lose then this and if they lose I, I will like recuse myself more more from it versus actively shitting on it and i think it's fair because the eagles and the sixers are not the same team like they're not i mean they were have been on different trajectories for a while and you're not going to get and you're going apples to oranges comparing these two seasons so um i just I, it's fine if people want to take a back seat and they don't want to commit you know time and energy to this team but as long as they're not like d- actively contributing extra layers of doom and extra layers mm-hmm. of gloom then then i think it's i also think there are a lot of new Sixers fans still. Um, I don't think a lot of people who remember the Doug Collins years, the Eddie Jordan years, mm-hmm. uh, the seventh seed, you know, getting blown out by the Pistons in the first round, going home and picking Thaddeus Young at like 16 or 17 or 18, whatever, whatever it was. A lot of people became Sixers fans during the process years, and, and they'll argue that, well, I saw a lot of losing. I understand what it's like when it's like – but that losing was kind of fun in a way, in a, in a sick, perverted way. 10 and 71 was like a lot of fun, or 10 and 72, whatever it was, was a lot of fun because it was just like, oh, are we going to get Ben Simmons? Oh, are we going to get Joel Embiid? Oh, are we going to yeah. get Okafor? Are we going to get Nerlens Noel? Um, you know, you, you, you rallied behind guys like Robert Covington and TJ McConnell and stuff. And it was just like it, it was. It was just funny. It's like, oh, you know, there's the Sixers, twenty-seven turnovers again. Oh, but hey, here's Michael Carter Williams, Rookie of the Year. And then, oh, you know, we trade him for assets and stuff. I think people just, you know, got to realize that uh, we're kind of prisoners of the moment right now. And we're not appreciating as much as. 
the Sixers are giving us because there is always worse when, and it's a lot yeah. worse winning 40 games, winning 38 games, and getting blown out by the, the number one seed, number two seed in the uh, Eastern. Well, that, drive, that always drove me crazy, like the portion of the younger fans who came on during the process and kind of like got all, you know, annoyed with, with other people when they were kind of, bringing their attention back to the Sixers because it's like, well, you didn't watch the team when, you know, Jarvis Varnado was, you know, out there or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but I watched them when Jason Capono was out there. You know, I mean, like years of shitty Sixers basketball go well beyond when the process started, you know. So Do you for remember the- Matt Harpering? Because I remember Matt Harpering. Matt Harpering, yeah. So these 17-year-olds coming in are like, oh, Robert Covington's the truth. You don't, you know, get to be on the bandwagon because you didn't, you know – suffer through like Ish Smith or whatever, Isaiah Cannon. I'm like, bro, when I came back to first of all, I grew up here and I watched a lot of shit Sixers team. I lived through the nineties, you know, and I remember coming back to eyewitness news and like cutting like Jason Capono highlights, you know? So, you know, we've all been, that's what I'm saying though, man. That's why everybody gets a free pass to jump back on the Sixers bandwagon when they want, you know? And so, so I'm not, I, as long as people aren't contributing actively to like, uh, the doom and gloom. Like I'm going to watch the game tonight. I'm going to try to like watch it with an open mind. I'm not going to watch it like this. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it with like, Oh, I'm thinking two months down the road when they're in the first round of the playoffs. I want to watch two of the top three teams in each conference play each other. You know, that's all I'm looking at. I'm trying to get back to just enjoying the basketball itself, you know? Yeah. Enjoying sports is really tough when you know you're doing this because you have to look at it from like a, uh, everything, you know, we, we, we write and we talk about it for a living and like yeah. I feel one way one day and then it could be Wednesday or Thursday. And I feel yeah. totally completely yeah. 180 the other way. I actually was happy if anyone hasn't listened to it, I'd go back and listen to the Rich Hoffman interview. He actually made me feel better about the Sixers and about Doc, rivers of all people than i thought i really would um because i was one of those guys that was like what are we doing why are we here if they're going to lose to you know the celtics without Jalen brown and uh yeah 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 yeah. because no i mean i i get all that yeah i get all that i understand why people feel the way they do it's just you know man it's been like a weird kind of content week for the website i'll admit i've been kind of flapping around here just kind of picking up bits and pieces of different things some eagles i don't i don't feel like i'm ready to dive like into all the eagles free agent shit yet there's been some concussion protocol probably because i'm in the concussion protocol no i'm yeah i'm a little foggy man i i i it's like it's crazy, man. I don't, you know, that they don't let, uh, I know soccer is your favorite sport. You know, they don't let kids head the ball anymore. Good. They're, they're literally not allowed to use their head until they turn 13 years old because, uh, you know, they don't want them to injure their brains or their heads or whatever, which I get it. But the other half of that is annoying to me because it's like, I think that, you know, when the kids turn 13 or 14, they're shitty at it because they don't they didn't learn how to do it properly. You know what I mean? Because they don't have any experience doing it to try to keep them safe. That when they turn 13, their technique is shit. So well, as a kid who played left D back and loved heading the ball and has probably a couple <laughs> brain cells loose. It's probably good. It's probably good. Left, that. Left feedback. Yeah. Here's here's what I do have juice for. I do have ju- juice for the Miles Sanders conversation because I think it's like <laughs> I think I always found the running back thing to be interesting in the modern day NFL. So he comes out and he posts on Instagram saying that he wants to come back to Philadelphia. Um, I think we had already known that. I mean, his stance was solidified. I, I believe this is not the first time he said it. Like, yeah, I he think, was giving quotes. Yeah, I said before that he wanted to come back to Philly. And, you know, the bottom line is that I think we all know this. This is not some revelation or whatever, but the Eagles just don't pay running backs. Yeah, who is the last running back that they paid? 
Marco Murray, the free agency anyway? Is that what you're asking? Well, no, I mean like long-term second contract to Shady McCoy. No, I mean, because the, the, blu- the blueprint has just been to to plug and play and restock, you know. Now, this is the thing here. I don't know. He didn't source this, right? So this is just a quote from him that was given. <laughs> no, no. Miles Sanders is not right for crossing broad. But I don't know what outlet this is. For. I don't know who he's. This is a Miles Sanders fanboy page. I will find the quote while you vent. Okay. I love Philly. Just bring me back. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. Look, it's not, it, it's not, I don't think that fans, um, I don't sense that there's some overwhelming anti Miles Sanders uh, yeah. mentality in the larger portion of the fan base. I just think they understand the nature of the situations that they have a lot of free agents to take care of and they're just not going to pay a, pay a running back. You know, when you go through the list of, um, running backs and their salaries in um, the NFL. Obviously we're in, in uh, free agency right now. So there's some guys who are free agents who will get paid and they'll go back on the list, but there are only, what did I write this morning? There are only 11 guys, 11 NFL running backs that are set to earn more than $5 million in 2023. Christian McCaffrey's number one at 11.8 million. Then uh, Zeke Elliott and Nick Chubb are making 10.9. Derek Henry, 10.5. Dalvin Cook, 10.4. Alvin Kamara and Joe Mixon, 9.4 million. Leonard Fournette, 6.5. Then you got James Conner and Austin Eckler at 6.2 million. Saquon's a free agent. Josh Jacobs is a, is a free agent. So they're not going to, uh, uh, you know, that'll it'll be more than 11 guys, right? But it's still not a ton. And um, this was in response to the story, the Miles Sanders wants to come back story. This is um, from Kevin on Twitter. He says, uh, running backs who got extended after their rookie deal, non-first rounders. So these are Miles Sanders comps. Uh, Alvin Kamara got five years, seventy-five million. Dalvin Cook got five for sixty-three. Mixon, four for forty-eight. Aaron Jones got four for forty-eight, and Chubb got three for thirty-six. Right. So I mean, if that's the like, is that the the, the market for for these guys? Like twelve million per? There's that's absolutely no way. <laughs> There's absolutely twelve million dollars for a running back is insane. Obviously, like I, I know you talked about the Zeke deal in the article you wrote. That was just another. That was another beast. You know, that was just Jerry Jones just being in. Absolute Jerry Jones, general manager move there. Um, But you know what I'm saying, man? It's like you, you, but who are, who, when I give you those names, like what do they all have in common? Like they're, they're one of two things, right? They're either a a, a lead back who's going to get 20 plus carries a game, or it's like McCaffrey, Kamara, and Eckler. They're going to catch passes out of the backfield, you know? So Miles Sanders is neither one of those things. He's not like a high volume lead back. Maybe he could be in a different system. And he's not a like pass catching like dual threat fantasy uh, monster like Austin Eckler, right? So so what is Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders is a is a guy, you know. He's good. I mean, he's good. He's like a top twelve. He's like a top twelve guy. But I'm not, he's not a tier one running back. And I don't think anybody ever thought that he was. So I, I don't I don't think there should be any like this should be the most straightforward decision that they have in the offseason. To let Miles Sanders walk and try to get the bag somewhere else because I mean you know it, like running back careers are not are not long and um, you know he's got to try to make the most money he can off this second contract and hope that his uh, hope that he plays long enough to get a second one. Is this an easier decision than not bringing back Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox for the Eagles? This one's easier because the the Eagles have just philosophically they, they have held fast to this philosophy that they just don't pay running backs, right? They've waffled back and forth with veteran stuff, right? I mean, they were a mess after the Super Bowl where it was like probably could have let some guys walk, 
brought back some for an extra year, you know, um, obviously they're not going to pay Cox anything close to like what he was making if he does come back, but you got the Hargrave thing too. Like if I, if I had to rank the Eagles free agents or like positions in, in order of most importance, like to me, number one is Chauncey Gardner Johnson by far just for virtue of the fact that he was that good last year, but also the other starting safety Marcus Epps is a free agent too. Mm-hmm. So like if whatever with Epps, but you got to at least, you know, you, you have to resign one of those guys, right? Number two, if you don't re-sign James Bradbury, then adding a second corner is huge. Yeah, maybe using your draft pick on that. And then number three, I think is Hargrave. You know, because you know if you if you let Hargrave and Fletcher Cox both walk, I mean, you got Milton Williams and uh, Davis. Davis, you know, starting next year. So I think you you definitely have. That's the thing that complicates it, man. They're going to lose multiple guys in the same position. I mean, both of their linebackers are free agents too. So you got Nicobe Dean ready to come in and, and plug and play at one of those positions, but then TJ Edwards is a free agent too. I mean, what if Jonathan Gannon wants to pay him? You know? So you know, they just have so much. ESPN put out a list of um, you know, the top 50 free agents that they uh in the in the NFL right now. And seven of them were Eagles players. That's 14%. 14% of the list was was Eagles. And it's just I mean, I wouldn't want to be Howie Roseman, that's for sure. Um no, spam risk, sorry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's got his work cut out for me. He's got to nail the draft again. They still got to pay Jalen Hurts. I just, to me, the, the easy, but that's again, it just takes me back to the beginning. Like the easiest decision is Miles Sanders. Thanks for your service, man. We got Kenny Gainwell. Maybe you re signed Boston Scott on a one year deal and you pursue somebody like Deontay Foreman or, you know, Raheem Mostert or some shit like that in, in free agency and do it that way and kind of replicate your. Sanders slash Jordan Howard slash Boston Scott kind of thing. I mean, they're just they're just not going to spend money on that. And it's not just because they have a lot of free agents. They even if they had a pretty clean cap situation and like a linear path, they wouldn't do it anyway because philosophically they just don't do that. Yeah, I feel like this, the Eagles have always been multiple running back kind of team. Like, you know, going all the way back to like Brian Westbrook and Kirill Buckhalter. <laughs> there was a, there was a couple games. I think either Westbrook was hurt or Kirill Buckhalter was was ripping off a, a couple good runs, a couple good touchdowns, and people were like, "Holy shit, Kirill Buckhalter might be a number one." Now, obviously, Deuce, Deuce was still there too. Though, you know? We love yeah. the yeah, and we love the uh, we love the backup in here. But I mean, going back to like Demarco Murray, you had um, obviously I had his name, oh, Ryan Matthews, right? Was that the guy, Ryan, Ryan Matthews? Matthews from San Diego with the visor? Yeah, but here's the other thing, Pagan, that I probably should have mentioned this earlier too. Running back is not as important of a position for the Eagles because they have a quarterback who gets a shit ton of red zone rushing carries anyway. So, you know, I heard some people saying, well, Kenny Gainwell's like small and shifty. Do you go for like a bigger, you know, back who can, you know, bundle forward for a couple yards? Well, depending on what happens with the rugby scrum middle, you may, you know, Jalen Hurts may be able to just keep pounding in QB sneaks next year. So when you, if you're going to replicate like a, uh, you know, a thunder and lightning kind of thing, like the old, uh, Reggie Bush and Len, Lendale White from USC days. I mean, that you may not have to do that if, if you have Hurts, you know, who's going to be running the ball a lot, you know, inside the 20-yard line. So I think for that reason, too, it makes running back less important. Do you believe you know? in Kenny Gainwell? You know, you like what you saw in the playoffs? Do you think, you know, he could be a an RB1, or do you think he's kind of more of a running back committee approach? Like you mentioned, you know, Deontay Foreman and yeah, someone else. Well, somebody has to be RB1. Right, <laughs> right. When you're in a committee approach, if he's only, I mean, how many c- c- carries was Miles Sanders getting? Not this year, but last year when they had the kind of kind of four headed monster going. On. They're not a three headed monster, right? Because Hertz is a runner too, so it's you got to look at it differently. It's like a 
it's like the mythical beast from Greek Greek mythology. It's like the Hydra, right? I mean, you got four heads, you know, four headed monster. So um, I, that just influences the decision to me even more. It makes the choice even easier, you know, because you're not going to go. If, if people are looking like Deontay Foreman's market value is probably somewhere like 3.5 million or something like that. But there's going to be like a lot of suitors for him. You know, so do you do you say, hey, we have a running quarterback and we're still going to do a lot of RPO and whatnot. And we go with like Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott for another year and like Raheem Mostert. You know, I mean, would people be happy with that? No, uh, you, you could do worse. I mean, if, if that's what it takes in order yeah. to, to re-sign like C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Javon Hargrave, then, you know, OK, you know, there's, there's going to have to be give and take, you know. Going back to your your ask about the attempts per game, he averaged 11.4 attempts per game last year, and he had a career high 15.2 this season, which still is not a lot. I mean, like 15.2 is. Not, I mean, how many carries did Hertz have per game? Like seven to eight at least, you know. So, I, so it just it's not even just that they don't prioritize running running back, but they've got a QB who runs the ball too. So, in my mind, when you look at the list of free agents, like this should have been when they when they have their whiteboard or whatever they have at Novacare and they're saying here's what we're going to do with this player here's what we're going to do Miles Sanders should have been at the top of the list you know and let him go right and it's nothing personal it's just that's that's their philosophy and always has been bro is this is it this isn't wrong but like Jalen Hurts had 11 attempts a game this year of rushing oh is it that high I thought I didn't know it was that high I did high. not know it was that high yeah I mean, he had 9.3 last year but that's what I'm saying. You got to pay him too. So it's like how how much like like and we don't know. I don't I don't know if if who's getting the offensive coordinator gig. If it's Brian Johnson and they want to do the same thing, right? But I mean, assuming that it is, I mean, how much money are you going to spend on a guy to run the ball? You know, thirteen to fifteen times a game. You know, so and they got to justify these draft picks too. The same thing. You got to justify the Kenny Gainwell draft pick. You got to get Jordan Davis on the field. You got to get Cam Jurgens on the field. You got to get Nicobe Dean on the field, or as uh, Pagan would say, Nicobe. Nakob. It is Nakob. It is Nakob. All right. Well, let's ask our guest. He's a huge, he's a huge Eagles fan. He understands the cap so well. Uh, Matt Peoples is on. Comedian Matt Peoples from That Rules Podcast. Matt, how are you? I know you're a big cap guy, big math guy. Who would you pay? Would you pay Miles Sanders? Look, guys, I just got off the calculator, dude. I'm here to do the cap and the math. Uh, I'm not capping on math, as the kids would say. Dude, I don't know shit about the cap or the Eagles. What up, dude? I'm here now. <laughs> How you doing, man? Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. I went on your pod. We're doing a little home and home right now. That's what it is, dude. Thanks for coming on, by the way. We changed the name since you came on, so it's a whole different look, dude. Wow. Yeah, it used to be Handsome Idiots. Now it's That Rules Podcast. is Matt Peoples, comedian. Now, Matt, being a, being a comedian – Sixers are back tonight against the Grizz. Is like watching Doc Rivers blow a second half lead. Is that kind of like bombing on stage? Like the, the feeling, like watching it and stuff happening. It's like, when will this end? Will it ever end? Dude, it kind of, he kind of, Doc Rivers is kind of the ultimate comedian with the level of like confidence he has about being wrong. Every comedian making a life choice to do comedy is doing the wrong thing. And every time Doc puts out an all-bench unit, I'm like, yo, this guy would crush because he has no idea what's happening around him. And he would be an incredible comic just off of that sheerly alone, dude. I think all-bench is going to be on my tombstone if, if the Sixers kill me. That's going to be like the epitaph written on there, all-bench, you know. 
it's the most unbelievable decision every time he makes it. And I'm like, you know what? At some point, you got to give the guys a little bit of kudos, dude. He won one championship by by accident. He knows what he's doing. Docs him ahead, dude. Is it all bench lineup like throwing out a bunch of open micers and just being like, hey, come to the show? <laughs> it's just throwing out George Niang five times and his like skinny fat body and being like, let's see what happens, dude. Let's let's get cooking. <laughs> how do you uh how do you feel about the Sixers the rest of the year? We 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 kind of uh we treat them at an arm's length here on this podcast. We uh we don't like to dive in, you know, get over our get too head over heels, but we also don't like to doom and gloom because you know what? Maybe they'll surprise you for the first time in six or seven years. I think dude, th- these might be the most deceptive Sixers teams that they've had. Like every wow. year, you know they're gonna like bounce out, and not in a good way. Let me let me get the first two. It's not gonna be a nice ending. Like every year, you're like, all right, they look pretty good midway through. You know, sure they lost to the Pistons a couple of times. They're like they're kind of like you guys talked about it earlier. They really are like the shitty ex girlfriend that you keep getting back together with. And this is the year that she like finally like she finished nursing school. She's like, look, I got my stuff together. You can trust me. I'm here for you. So throughout the entire year, you're like, things are good. She's cool. She lost to the Pistons at home a couple times, but that happens. She's human. We're going to get to the second round, and they're going to scrape by, like, a team that, like, maybe the Knicks. They beat them in seven. They're going to get to the conference finals, and then the Bucks are just going to manhandle them. And she's going to be like, look, dude, I blew your roommate by accident. That's what it is. Here we are now. <laughs> That's going to be – this is the Sixers team this year, dude. That's exactly what they're going to be. And we're all going to be like, she can change, and we'll be right back next year after James Harden's in Houston <laughs> and Joel hates us all, dude. It's going to be the exact same thing. She can change. Her mouth just fell on her. It's by accident, dude. She slipped. It was a big pop. <laughs> it happens. It'll be like it'll be like the uh, the plot of Euphoria if you've ever seen it, where it just uh, it ultimately ends up uh, with Sydney Sweeney um, banging her best friend's boyfriend, and then there's like a. Um, there's like a play that they put on where all the characters are are from the show and it's just like gloriously fucked up to the point where you're like this could probably only work yeah sixers yeah but isn't it crazy how they what's that you just strike me as a euphoria guy i'll tell you i'll be honest with you i'm a little i'm not i'm not a i'm not a like a i'm not a i'm not actually i just watch all the shit that everybody watches to try to keep up with pop culture because pagan's always giving me shit anyway because he's like all of your pop culture references are from like 1997. Like nobody knows what you're talking about. So I'm trying to watch what everybody, I, I talk like I'm like 70 years old, but I'm 38. Like, like I, <laughs> I make it sound like I'm like the oldest dude on the planet, but. Uh, well, dude, you're watching Euphoria the right way. Like you said, you perked out, you picked out Sydney Sweeney because we all watch it with our girlfriends. We're like, who's the blonde chick with the big tits? Was that, I don't know. Was who is, <laughs> <laughs> and I feign, I feign uh, ignorance there and, you know. Nice. Is it? But it's funny because, like, I I don't. Um, Rich was making the point on Tuesday when he was on. They, the Sixers. This is probably the first time the Sixers have had no drama. Yeah, true. Like, and that's never. that. May, that might be the concerning part. Like they're starting to come up with like ridiculous things, like the James Harden going back to Houston thing. Tyrese coming off the bench, or like he's probably going to hate us soon. We're the only one he loves. Like there is like small drama, but there's no you know, Brian Colangelo. There's no Ben Simmons type stuff, which makes me more anxious to be totally honest with you. Yeah. Like, like yeah. things are going too well right now. Going back to the girlfriend uh, analogy, things are going way too well right now. You're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. 
things are going really way too, like we just got back with her family in Cape Cod and like everybody loves you out there and you're like maybe I'm the man she's never gonna blow my roommate like you're feeling way too good right now and that's the worst way you could feel dude it's I mean we got white we got white guys born on January 6th winning the dunk contest during <laughs> Black History Month and still and people are people are researching his tweets making sure he didn't say anything stupid and yeah. we still still come out clean no, nothing is nothing is making sense right now Dude, well, people are researching his tweets, and un- luckily for him, he can't read or write. So he's like, I got you guys there, dude. That McClung, <laughs> I was watching the dunk contest with my girlfriend, and uh, she pointed out in the beginning, she was like, he's kind of cute. So I went from being so excited for this guy to being like, I hope he fails. I hope he misses every dunk. But, like, still a Sixers fan, so I'm watching it, and I'm like, let's go. But I'm also like, don't look at him the entire time. Dude, and then he goes out and doesn't even miss a dunk. And without Lisa Leslie, who's never done a 360 dunk or 360 dunk in her lifetime, gives him a 47 out of 50. I mean, come on. Yeah, she was like, I would have preferred a left-handed layup there, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, could you guys play more below the rim? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the thing though that I was I was pissed off about about him winning and stuff. And well, I, no, I wasn't pissed off that he was winning, but this whole thing, like you know, back in the day, and this is what sucks about like us kind of like becoming a society and and getting into the digital you know space and everything like they don't it sucks that they like don't give the keys to like corporations social media accounts like to just anyone remember back in the day it was like hey whoever wants this you know you can have it no one wants to work on social media so you get your like spaghettios 9-11 tweets with like the spaghettios mascot riding a flag and everything i could not wait for someone to tweet mac history month and everybody just lose their fucking mind. Like Applebee's like tweets like Mac History Month. And it could have just taken us away for two hours from fucking Tiger Tampon talk. Dude, oh my God. I'll tell you this one. He got the pass for the night, dude. Wherever he, whatever club he went to, he could sing every word to a rap song he wanted to. That's all I'll say. He was in Utah. He was in true. Utah. True. Yeah, true. That is very true. He was, was the least white guy perfect, in Utah that night. The most perfect dunk contest champion for the city that they were in. Yeah, they were like, oh, we like, he's cool. All right, we can get behind that, dude. That's fine. They're okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just surprised that the racist Mac McClung tweets from like 10 years ago have not re- resurfaced yet. You know, maybe he got smart and uh, scrubbed his data or something. I had an idea that every NBA team, every sports team should automatically have a contract with a like data scrubbing company. So that is a condition of your drafting. You have to wipe out your entire Twitter, your entire Facebook and all that stuff. My wife and I joke because we're trying to like we talk about what our Shark Tank idea would be. And then we're always like five years late behind the actual entrepreneurs. And that would have been my Shark Tank idea 10 years ago would be to, to partner with the Sixers and everybody else and say, I will manually delete every stupid thing that you wrote 10 years ago. And there will be no, you know, you don't want the crypto.com patch. You want uh, <laughs> yeah, you want datascrub.com? Data scrubmydata.com. Scrubmydata.com. Like scrub my data. I mean, that would help for like drunk DMs too. Every time you send a DM to a girl, be like, you're my beautiful angel queen. If you could just like automatically unsend that, <laughs> you know, you put in your passcode, you're like, how much have you been drinking tonight? And they're like, everything you send, dude, doesn't count. Yeah, there, there you go. Scrubber, scrubber, as seen <laughs> on Good Morning America, right? <laughs> Yeah, Mark Cuban's gonna be in on that, dude. He sent a lot of drunk DMs for sure. Oh, dude, remember what was that stupid company he came up with? Uh, like Magic Dust or something like that, where you it was basically like Snapchat, but with text messaging. You could send this text message, and it would it would it would just go away in like twenty minutes. I got. Did he really have that? He did. Yeah, it was, and he tried to pump it up so much as like the uh, the better Snapchat, and Snapchat just 
took him to the cleaners. Yeah, obviously. of course. Dude. Mark Cuban, dude, just finding ways to cheat on his wife. He's like, that seems like a great idea. I love that. I'll give you $3 million right now. Help me. My favorite thing is that I still get like Facebook memory things that come up every day or whatever. And I see some shit that's like cringe worthy, like totally embarrassing. Like I use some like, like cuss word or something that I don't use anymore. And then I'm like, oh, well, that was. Yeah, it was like 10 years ago, right? And then I think, well, I'm 38, so I was 28 when I said that. I wasn't some like <laughs> teenage dipshit here, you know? I was like total, yeah. a total asshole, you know? So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, scrubber. I need the scrubber pagan. You know? The scrubber's we'll not you, a we'll, get you, we'll get you a scrubber subscription. We'll see if uh, Crossing Ball can get you one for uh, for, for Christmas <laughs> and everything. Did you see, uh, Matt, did you see the Matisse Stiebel mural get, uh, get uh, desecrated on? Got I did. On. I on. did. It got it got defecated on, dude. Just people went up with explosive <laughs> shit, so like an hour and a half. All <laughs> over the the Matisse libel uh, mural. I think it's an inside job. How do you mean? Clout. I think it's for clout. I think it, I think we're gonna get a video from vlogger Matisse Thibel. All Star Break just came up. He had to come back to the apartment, clean out the apartment. Could you not see a Matisse Thibel vlog being like, I threw paint all over my mural, not and then in parentheses, not clickbait. That's not a bad idea. I'm not mad at that. Kind of like an inside job kind of side thing, dude. Sleep over Matisse Thibel's mural that they're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to the Benjamin Moore up the street. And I'm going to get a, a, a little bit of paint and throw it all over the Matisse Thibel mural. It makes no sense to me. To be fair, there's probably like 11 white girls in Fishtown that hooked up with him that they were like, fuck him. I'm glad he's gone. And they went to just like the <laughs> closest Home Depot, grabbed the can. And they're like, screw this guy, dude. Okay, I did not see that hole being poked in my story, but they're probably they him all the time, man. That guy hated shoes. He would just he would just be walking around the giant. He'd just be uh, under underneath a tree at a park, just reading, you know, some Tolstoy or something like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, that guy hated shoes. I I, mean, I I heard he was like very artistic, not autistic. Well, he was very <laughs> artistic. I heard he was very autistic. Yeah. I don't do it. Yeah, his savantism is just like his offensive game is autistic. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> just get him more Legos and Lincoln logs. He'll be better off. But uh, <laughs> no, he uh, he was. I don't know. He's one of those guys who like, dude, you're such a tall, hot guy. Stop trying to be thoughtful. Stop trying to like make insightful points. Just be a tall, hot, athletic guy. Let us have this. You know, guys like us, we got to be good at fucking writing and talking about sports and being funny. Just let us have that. You be tall and handsome. Leave it alone, dude. Exactly. Matisse has had like the weirdest career arc in Philadelphia, did he not? Like he was drafted and like people loved the like defensive side of his game and all of that. And, you know, oh, he hustles and he, you know, has a rear, rear view contests and he steals the ball and stuff. And then the vaccine thing happens. And he's like, <laughs> I forgot about that. Public enemy number. He gets the mural, right? Red Bull puts the mural there. By the way, so everybody's like, Pagan has mentioned this before, just so everybody knows, like, that was a Red Bull activation. It wasn't like people came together and agreed, hey, we're going to do a mural of Mati of like a rookie on the wall. You know, like that was a Red Bull yeah. thing. It was sponsored by Red Bull. <laughs> Breaking news to Matt there, Kev. I did not know that. That's I why thought I the mural was a little corny. Yeah, that's yeah. good to note. Yeah, because Red Bull used to send me some like amazing free shit, like really artistic stuff. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. But yeah, I mean, they were a partner with Matisse or whatever. But then the vaccine thing happens. <laughs> he, gets, he gets the first shot, but he doesn't get the second shot. And he can't go play in Canada. Then he's glued to the bench, and then he's traded to Portland. I mean, it's like like the there's you know the largest belt better than dipping your toe into a vaccine. Just like mm, I, I mean, that's a little pinch. I, there's I no 
there's no worse place to go if you're vaccine hesitant than Portland. He's going to get there and be like, you don't want to get vaccinated? And he's no. like, oh, I don't know. I'm a little nervous. Dude, I guarantee the next mural there is just going to be a big Pfizer ad. And he's going to have to like look at that <laughs> in his head the entire time. Yeah. He's going to, their their new Jersey sponsor, the Blazers, is going to be BioNTech. And he's going <laughs> yeah, yeah. to refuse to wear the jersey. He's going to be like the dude in Ted Lasso who just put the tape. Over over top of his like uh, sponsor or whatever. Yeah, yeah because he's a because he's a he went to Washington. You know, True, so yeah. he's, a, he's a Pacific Northwest guy. You know, I thought they were all like, you know, lived. Yeah, I guess not. You mix Australian with the Pacific Northwest. You don't know what kind of monster you're getting out there. Yeah. I mean, you got the Australian guys who just fucking chug beers and just watch rugby and uh, and seven on seven. And then you got the Pacific Northwest, which is the Pacific Northwest, which I've never been out there and I probably will never go to. Yeah, that's that's probably the most that's the most complete full arc of a person is Australia, <laughs> the Pacific Northwest. What a terrifying guy, dude. Well, yeah. like, look, sorry to see you go. Happy to see Jade McDaniels come in. He's the man the past couple games, dude. Seeing it like an athletic wing who can dribble like the first play he had. He dribbled full court and hit a like an and one layup. And I literally like did a somersault off of my couch. And I did pull my hamstring, but I did do a somersault off my couch. I was hyped. How sad is it that all we need is our is our our stretch three to just be able to our defensive minded three to just be able to dribble? And we're like, you know what? We won the trade. We won the trade. We won. The, well, we've been cursed with just for whatever reason. Look, I'm a six two, skinny fat white guy, dude. I can dribble the ball. I watched Robert Covington struggle to handle any kind of ball handling duties. Now we have Matisse with it. PJ Tucker. We're just getting just these guys. Who it makes no sense. They've never been to like a ball handling camp before. What's your what's your game like? Uh, tired, sweaty, <laughs> usually hungover. Uh, I just, I'm not, I'm not bad. I'm a bit of a ball hog. I used to be kind of good back in the day, and now I'm just a 26 year old loser. So I still think I'm as good. Uh, but I would say describing by the, your bar game. I was describing your basketball game. True. Well, they're both pretty similar, to be honest with you. I usually like, end up not doing well and trying to hit on the ugliest girl there, and then I call it a day. That's my pickup game, too. One forty-five in the morning, got to get a slump buster. That's all it is, dude. I'll take home whoever's there, dude. You on the side of the court? Come on, sweetheart. You're gorgeous to me. Yeah. <laughs> I know well, you're dedication. It's dedication, right? I had a friend who, if there was 100 women at the bar, he'd talk to all 100 of them, and then the 99 would tell him no. Yeah, but he'd end up going home with somebody. So. That's playing the numbers. It's the numbers, numbers game, dude. What's the the um, Wayne's the Michael Jordan or Wayne's Gretzky, whatever? You uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots, you don't take whatever. Yeah, yeah. Who are we crediting that to anyway? That quote has been used so many times. I don't think anybody knows who it who it where where it originated or where Michael it, Scott, yeah. The Office. Yes. Yeah, Scott, yeah, The Office. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was Michael somebody. You know. So. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, you know, I got to admit, Pagan, I was nervous when you said we had a comedian coming on because all I hear is of, about these days is comedians getting canceled. You know, like you can't do comedy now. Like everything's offensive. You know, Chappelle is, you know, Chappelle hates trans well, people. And so I, I don't know. I'm like, I was a little nervous. I, had, I have to be honest. Well, Kev, Matt's actually canceled. He's he was oh. he was found to be canceled. Yes. I, I just brought as a favor to a friend. I, I just brought him on. Oh, okay. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm yeah. here to get this He's trying to get his feet, his feet back into the uh, into the comedy waters right now. So if you've already been canceled, you don't risk cancellation any further, right? You're just you you either are or you're not. Yeah. But I think the, yeah, the my next step is death by firing squad. So I just got to come on here and screw up your guys' podcast and then call it a day. I guess that's all I'm doing. Well, this is this is the appropriate platform for it, you know. I think we're 
I think this is the only platform for it, probably. Yeah, I'm here for it. Nothing better yeah. than Philly sports to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, I always, I always thought that there was. Um, we we've talked about this right now. I think, I think the Sixers. I think Philadelphia sports in general would just really benefit from like a right wing uh, news reporter. You know, yeah. all of them just like you know, like going back to the the whole vaccine thing with like with like. Uh, with Matisse Thibault, if there was everyone was like, I can't believe he's not getting the vax now, he can't play in Toronto. And then you just got the one guy who's just like, his body, his choice. Yeah, dude, if you got like a Tucker Carlson for just Matisse yeah. Thibault's choice, you'd be like, Matisse Thibault doesn't want to get the vaccine. Seems okay to me. Are you yeah. nervous about it? <laughs> this is for like an hour and a half, dude. Yeah. That could be an that could be an option for us, Pig. You know, if we ever do like a like a trash somebody on the website and it just gets too and we just like miss the mark completely and we step over the line and like nobody reads the website anymore. We could, <laughs> our our like option B could just be to like lean hard into the right wing. We could be like the outkick of, out of <laughs> Are you guys not dude? You're the only more Republican looking guys than me right now. I can't believe you guys are already. <laughs> hitting this thing full speed ahead dude i know can i, I look any more like kev like berks county trash on this this show <laughs> kev kev looks like he tried to vote twice in the 2020 election yeah dude count, count those politics. votes right brother Here we yeah, go. Look, yeah count them all yeah i look like uh stay in line they can't send you home yeah um, i look like i went to a public school where we had off for the first day of hunting season so Oh, that's a good call. That's a thing in uh, pennsylvania though isn't it we're in pennsylvania you guys not like you don't say your actual area but like whereabouts well, I, I am now. I, I have now returned to the sticks, but uh, Pagan is still living the city dream. He's still doing but, the. But, uh, uh, but Kev grew up in Boyertown, so that's why he like he's like up there. He's so, like you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was in Boyertown the other week. Pagan went up yeah, there for my dad's birthday. 1972. Not much, but we have a uh, a new uh, brewery in Boyertown. Yes, this is accurate. Kevin looks like he was in DC on January sixth. Um, <laughs> Boyertown, yeah, Boyertown has a brewery. They actually have like this farm to table shit and everything. I'm like, we should have been leaning into this 20 years ago because we were like the gateway to the sticks. I'm like, why weren't we doing like, you know, uh, partnerships with the local orchard and like, you know, farm to God knows there's a farmland out here. We might as well be like doing the farm fresh thing. Boyertown, Boyertown is Lancaster is what Boyertown should have been. I mean, like embrace your like bumble fuckery or whatever, you know, so. I did not know that Lancaster was actually like a pretty cool place. I've never been, but I've yeah. seen pictures and I I've heard that they I've had heard stuff. But you I thought it was like a Red Robin and a McDonald's hmm. and like a bunch of Amish people. And it actually has like a craft brewery and you know local um local like cold. That's the thing. Nobody has any like understanding of like what anything around Philadelphia is because Philadelphia is like the fourth or fifth biggest city in the country. Right. So by proxy, everybody thinks everything that's not Philadelphia is some shithole. And well, I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm like, you know, like Allentown's like a real city, you know, like Reading is a real city. I mean, they're not the most amazing cities in the world, but they are real cities. They're just not Philadelphia, you know? So I, I will, uh, I'll stand up for the, you know, the shit towns that are in the, proximity you know yeah but that's like saying east philly is a real part of the city it's it's not a it's old city it's well it's east not. philadelphia is the is the river coggin the wants river. to know uh he says ask matt if he's ever had any interactions with the amazing wid oh wow. yeah the dog dude he's a prop comic and he brings all his own man-made props and i've seen it at open mics <laughs> it's cool it shows at open mics it's a bit of a bummer just like because we're all there trying new stuff so he's trying new props but the amazing wid is the dog and he does rule and that's an incredible pull from your guys fan base that's sick dude 
What? So no. he's like, is he like Gallagher, but uh, the modern day? He's, Craig, can he's, you find the amazing wid, please? I want to say he's anywhere from like 64 to like 114 years old. Nobody knows. I have no idea every time I see him. He smells like the Civil War. I, I don't even know how to pinpoint him, dude. He's an incredible guy. But he is a prop comic. He's been on like, he was on like late night, genuinely like back in the 70s. And now he's just at like these like shitty open mics we do. And we're like, why are you here? You're so much better than we are. <laughs> so I guess Gallagher just stole his bit. Like it was, it was either Gallagher versus Wid, and they're like, "We got to go with Gallagher." People love the watermelon, and we, we need just got like, there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best stuff, dude. My my stuff sucks. I got to get more into prop stuff. He's got, plun- <laughs> he's got plungers here. You going dual wielding plungers? You know yeah. you're getting pussy that night for sure. <laughs> this is actually better because we can't hear him, so we kind of got to guess it, like what he's actually doing here. You know. So you, is this you, what he'll, he'll do this? He'll do this in an open mic with like, you know, just a bunch of 10, 12 different comics that just are trying to really work on like shit jokes and, and, and dick jokes and all that stuff. It'll literally be like three or four comics in a row, like, so I'm depressed. And, and he goes on, he's like, a plunger. What are you pulling shit out of the toilet? You know, and they're just like, what the hell? What a tone shift. This is unbelievable. See, that's the kind of shit that I would just like, I would just laugh at. Like, that would be, this is my kind of guy. Like, like if you're, if you're, I've done one or two open mics in my day bombed horribly yeah. um but i would and and it's all bad it's all people working on shit it's all people that you know are trying it out for the first time and everything having a guy as like kind of like a halftime show would be awesome having a guy like with like coming up and just doing a guy who's been working on his craft for 40 years but you know life and the industry just kind of passed him by yeah that would make open mic so much better because it's really just like you're just like st- stepping on eggshells like th- for an hour and a half with the with the most anxiety you've ever had in your life. Dude, that's a good one. Pagan, you might need to come to an open mic, dude. Not just, doing fucking open dude, mic. Dude, you're going to do it. You're going to come there. We're going to get you on a unicycle, spinning plates. You'll be the new <laughs> halftime show. It'll be incredible. You can yell at slurs, whatever you do. I don't know how you get down, brother. That's gross to me, but <laughs> whatever you got to do. <laughs> you could be like the uh, the Asian woman who goes from basketball arena to basketball Red arena. Red Panda. Red Panda, yeah. On the unicycle, and then you throw plates up on top of your head or something. Yeah. The entire time you watch, you're like, man, I hope she fucks up. And then she does, and you're like, ah, that felt bad about that. That wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. That was not good. I'll be honest with you, man. The the guy they put on the chairs at the Sixers game, he goes like 15 high. I'll be uh, I'll be lying to you if I said I didn't I didn't at least think about what would happen if he went splat. Yeah, what's that guy's name? Do you remember that guy's name? I don't even know his name. No, Ren Pan is the only one I. It's the amazing something. He's like European. He's like Eastern European or something. It's like Vladimir or or some shit. I can't. I think you're more weird if you don't if you don't look for the guy to go splat. You have to just like. Can you imagine just sitting there with your hands crossed and being like, "I hope this all goes good." Like, what a weirdo! Imagine you're like nine Bud Lights deep at a Sixers game and you're watching that and you hope things go good. You need help, dude. Professional. And I, for some reason, unless he's there at every game, I always pick the game that the amazing whatever is climbing on chairs. I've seen the bit. You go twelve high, you stack another one. You go thirteen. You go all the way up to twenty. Whatever you do, I've seen this before. Change it up a little bit. Go splat. Well, the, you know, that's the only one that you can kind of root for to go bad because the other option is just like sixth graders playing a basketball game at halftime on the court. You got you can't root bad for that. You got to be excited for that one. Yeah, but there let's go. Is. Everybody's having fun. Yeah, the, the amazing, amazing Sladek. Yeah, that's very like – it sounds like he was – it sounds like Yugoslavia when it was still a country, you know. People so. were – people were – will probably find this – or probably say this is wrong, but I think the Soviet Union is the best thing to ever happen to the Eastern European. 
<laughs> because say that again, the Soviet Union. Like, <laughs> Soviet Union is the best thing to happen to like all the Slavic states because this guy, this guy's not over in America unless they're building houses like out of concrete and nuclear war. Because what else oh. is there to do when you're in a nuclear war bunker? Yeah. You're uh, saying that it, it was so shitty over there that people wanted to come to America, right? Yeah, exactly. I thought they're sending exports. they're sending their best over here. Yeah, they're sending their best. <laughs> their best export is not the nu- is not nuclear bombs. It's Slodek, the amazing ultra competitive daredevil that I want to see yeah. hemorrhage when he falls. Obviously, yeah, Craig, Craig googled it faster than I did. I, I didn't know what to type. I to- I typed in like Serbian guy with the chairs or whatever. And he- oh my god! So, uh, <laughs> Maddie, <laughs> Serbian Serbian guy with the chairs. That could go everywhere. I mean, it's just the idea of just like in modern, like back in the 40s, 50s, Soviet Union's so bad. They have like the steel wall across the rest of Western Europe. And it's just a dude stacking chairs like I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> that was Sladek's grandfather. Yeah, that's him. He's the dog. He passed it down. <laughs> um, Maddie, I know you're obviously a Sixers fan. Are you still bummed by the Eagles Super Bowl? Do you even care? I don't know. I was bummed. I uh, It definitely sucked because I'm like, I don't want to say I'm like a fair weather fan, but I do tune in more when they're good because I just spend so much mental capacity on the Sixers. But uh, like when I went to do it, I was doing a gig where I had to do like a man on the street thing, not to take your, not to take yeah. your thunder. No, no, there. no, no. We got to talk about this. We got to yeah. talk about this. Mine was far worse than yours. <laughs> oh, no, no, Maddie. So that will back people up. You, you describe it. You tell everybody. I heard you talk about it on your podcast. Because me and you are sharing similar stories. So talk to the people what you had to do after the uh, after the Super Bowl. Dude, when you're a comedian, you just you get offered gigs and you just have to say yes. Like somebody should be somebody could be like, hey, we need you to like interview the Taliban. It's gonna go bad. Do you want to do it for a hundred bucks? And you gotta be like, well, it's good credit. You know, fucking so it's they, on my IMDb. It's on my IMDb. Yeah, it's on my IMDb bomb. And uh, I went into the city where I was working with a company that wanted to do like a promotional thing. And they were like, we want you to do man on the street and you're going to dress up as Ben Franklin and you're going to get everybody hyped. Cause they're kind of anticipating, you know, the Eagles were favored, whatever. They're kind of just playing off the numbers. Like they'll win. We'll go into broad street. He'll interview them. Everybody be excited. It'll go great. So as I'm walking towards broad street, cause I was coming, like we drove over from Northern liberties towards broad street. And as I'm walking over, I'm watching it on my phone with like the PA and the camera guy and like the mm-hmm. creative director and you're watching like that holding call and i'm like oh no this is not good <laughs> so she starts getting calls from like corporate like hey they're about to lose you got to flip the script everything's got to be about like how sad it is they lost and i'm like dude i'm dressed like ben franklin with the drunkest human beings on the planet i'm so getting my ass kicked a hundred percent so we get on a broad street and Luckily, everybody was drunk enough and there was like the Fairweather fans, kind of like myself, that they were able to get into it. But there was so many times, dude, I had people just like grabbing my ass and I don't have much of an ass. So they had to get deep in there, too. I had people like throwing me around. At one point, the girl's like crowd surf. And I was like, what? And she was like, now. And I just had to just get picked up by people. And it was just like it was the weirdest experience, but it was fun. And uh, that was my big like claim to fame for the Eagles Super Bowl. So I'm kind of bummed they lost, and I'm getting manhandled, and I'm dressed like Ben Franklin. So it's funny you mentioned that because we had the same company come to us four ah. days before the Super Bowl, pitch us the same exact idea, and I'm new to this shit. So like I don't understand like what's we don't even have like a proper pay rate. We don't have like this. We don't have that. We don't do a lot of like, you know, TikTok, like, uh, you know, go out and buy HelloFresh, you know, and use my promo code crossing broad 20. So they come to me 
they call me and they're like, hey, we want to we want you to dress in, in Ben Franklin. I didn't know you weren't allowed to pitch ideas back to them. <laughs> So, oh yeah, okay. Me either. That's, that's like rule number one. If they want you to do it, you fucking do it, and you don't yeah. ask any questions. I'm sitting there pitching ideas back to them. I, I we get off the phone. I'm like, she's she's like, we love Ben Franklin. We did Ben Franklin a couple months ago, or, or no, we did we did Ben Franklin a year ago. I was like, can you send me the video? I want to see it and everything. I get an email from her. She goes. Well, the video is so old, we can't even download it because we don't know what kind of video platform it's on right now. So, But here's another one. So I'm already like, fuck Ben Franklin. I'm not fucking dressing up as Ben Franklin. Yeah. So we have another – I feel bad now that you dressed up as Ben Franklin. So <laughs> we, said, we had a call. We're on the call for 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh, okay, I like that idea. I'm still pitching ideas. I'm trying to do – I'm trying to get a Ben Franklin all I can. And finally, I, and finally she keeps going Ben Franklin. I go, listen, no Ben Franklin. No Ben Franklin. I, I sounded like Slodek on the chairs. No Ben Franklin. No Ben Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> and and she ends up, so she goes, you know what? Okay, I'll go back to the people and I'll tell them and everything. I get a text message like uh, uh, 24 hours later being like, hey, they decided to go with one of the Uber drivers or one of the uh, the drivers. Sorry. Uh, they decided to go with one of the drivers. Um, local Philadelphia company with drivers. I'm sure everyone can, uh, can pinpoint what it is. I'm go. Okay, fine. We're out there on Broad Street. I see your fucking ass in a dance circle in Ben Franklin costume, and I want to absolutely fucking just wring that PA's fucking neck. <laughs> Dude, well, look, this is your issue here, big dog. You go, here's some ideas. I They told me the idea. I was like, that sucks, but I said to them out loud, I was like, thank you, Mommy. May I have another? Whatever you guys want, I'll do. You have self-respect. That's your issue, brother. I had none of that. No, I mean, listen, I just, I was like, hey, I'd rather someone tell me like, hey, hey, fuck face. We don't pitch ideas here. I'm the idea. Yeah. Like, I wish they would have been like, hey, you don't pitch ideas. You don't pitch ideas, but we're so new to this that like we were just like we were talking like, man, we should do this idea. We should do this idea. Not knowing that, hey, I come with the idea. You say yes. You sign the contract and I pay you the money and you dance on Broad Street. Dance, monkey. Dance. basically. That's exactly what I was. I was was the monkey dancing. I had no. I I mean, it's a small bag, but I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure, you know, you had a good good amount of beers, maybe a dinner date with with the missus. That's the worst part. As I didn't drink at all. So I'm just like lucidly experiencing all this. Every time my ass and my Wait. small dude, I was a sober Johnny out there. I couldn't believe it. I'm like looking at people and they're like, I'm carrying a bag of goodies after like one of the worst losses in probably city history. And I'm just watching dudes like I'm for sure jumping this guy and taking all those Snickers. And I'm like, fellas, please no. <laughs> like I kept telling the PA, we gotta move over here, we gotta move over here. It was it was an interesting. It was a chaotic crowd. There was like there was this weird energy of chaos. I felt like that was coming in the air. Um, at one point, uh, the crowd broke contain because I think the uh, I think the cops wanted to keep them in between City Hall and Sampson, like they were a herd of like uh, of bull. And 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 they and they went out. They went out. The, the, the bulls got out. The bulls, oh, the bulls, bulls got, got down out. to uh, Market Street. On like yeah, on like thirteenth. And uh, I don't think the cops were, were ready to deal with that. So this they was kind of like it was kind of like Occupy Philadelphia when they kicked them all <laughs> out of Dilworth Plaza and they didn't have anywhere to go. And they're just wandering aimlessly around the city. They were just trying to k- keep them within like a five block radius of Dilworth. Right? Uh, 
it was a contained it was i remember at one point like it was towards the end of us filming and the girl was like um the cops said they're still they're gonna start putting out tear gas we'll get one more shot and i was like we're going home we've had enough we got back we were waiting for an uber for like probably genuinely like an hour and i'm just wearing this like paper thin ben franklin costume and i'm fucking freezing and we're like waiting for an uber waiting for an uber it's impossible to get one after the after the eagles lost and these like group of dudes drive by roll down the window and they're like how you like that eagles loss you fat bitches i was like fellas can we have a ride (laughs) i was like whatever dude say what you gotta say oh man Oh, well, I'm happy for you. I'm happy you got your bag. It was a good time. Much, it was good hey, enough. Do what you got to do. This isn't this creator world ain't easy. This comedian Look, world ain't easy. We're following the pagan way, man. Oh, go fuck yourself. No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 looking back on it, I should have just said yes. <laughs> it would have been a lot less hassle. Not a bad move, but look, dude, they needed the man for the job here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even releasing the footage from, from, from Broad Street. No shit, did. really. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. It sucked. Um, Kev, you got anything else? No. All right. Kev has to go watch Fox News. So hell yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep him past one fifteen when Tucker comes on. Or I was gonna share a comment from the uh, <laughs> from the chat here, but I thought it was kind of mean. I don't know. Matt seems like a guy who can take it, so I'll share it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who Farkas is. <laughs> I'll just take any Andrew Dice Clay of all time. Yeah. I'll take that 100 Marcus is the dude from uh, A Christmas Story, I think. He was like the... Um, the, oh, the, the bully. The, the bully. Yeah, he was the bully. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't do it at the time. I was like, I don't know, I don't know if, if, if Matt will appreciate it. Um, this, is, this is actually insane. Craig just told me this. We interviewed Farkas at the Chicago Bears tailgate. He's an Eagles fan. He's a guy Whoa. who lives in Philadelphia, and he he grew up, and he's in our video. I don't know, Craig, if you can pull that out of your ass this fast, but he's in the beginning of the video, and we were talking, and we were just talking, and his buddies, like, love being like, this is Farkas, and I'm like, who the fuck is Farkas? And they're like, Christmas story, bully, and that's exactly when I knew it, and he still kind of looks like the kid. Still short, oh, shit. still yeah, wow, he's wearing cool. like the coonskin hat or whatever in the movie. I don't know. It's been so long ago. I think I might be one of two people who understood the reference in chat. Yes. Now I do. Now I, I mean, do. that's that's going on my resume now. That's who I display as. I'll take that, dude. That Why, people used to say that I looked like Screech from uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. yeah. It is good. That's sick. And I used to get Dustin Diamond. I think he died, by the way. I think Screech died, didn't he? R.I.P. Yeah. We got to keep this podcast, this uh, broadcast, to to screech. May live eternally. typecasted. Nobody. He wanted to be Dustin Diamond, but people kept calling him Screech. You know, so that's true. Are you? Are you, Maddie? Are you afraid that you're going to be typecasted? Dude, typecast me as anything. I'll do anything. You can typecast me as pedophile, whatever it takes. I'm trying to get some work out here, dude. If you're going to cast me as whatever it takes, hundred percent. That's Farkas now, yeah. That's seriously him. That's seriously him. Yeah, little bags under the eyes now. You know, Hollywood's tough. Oh, now typical Eagles fan. Yeah, true. Now I don't like the Farkas comparison. Now I'm a little (laughs) now I'm a little bummed out. No, we're talking about Farkas from like 40 years ago. Not uh, yeah, not this Farkas. Yeah. Holy shit! All right. Well, now nice hat though, man. Dude, thank you guys so much. It was a lot of fun. You guys are the best. Talk to you. All right, fellas. Cheers, man. Sixers. I got a joke for you. You want to hear a oh. joke? Yeah. Did you write it down? 
I just remember it off the top of my head. All right. It's a terrible joke. That's why <laughs> well, I that's say always it. preface it with a terrible yeah. joke. So there are these two, bana- <clears throat> these two bananas, and they're sitting on the side of a stream. And uh, a turd floats down the stream. And the turd looks at the bananas, and he says, Hey, guys, jump in. The water's warm. And the one banana looks at the other banana, and he says, Yo, you believe that shit? And that's the broadcast. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>